No, hell no. Okay. This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating, fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. So on this episode of Who Dat, I was amused for Carl Lagerfeld. My favorite artists include Naz, Maz Def, Tina Marie, Beastie Boys, Carol King, Mahalia Jackson, and Thelonious Monk. I was born in a North London uh, suburb to a Jewish family. I broke a Grammy record in 2008 by taking home five. My final record was with Tony Bennett for his Duets 2 album. Universal Music UK destroyed my final demos following my 2011 death, so they will never be heard. Um, Who dat? Damn, uh, that really is a stumper. Well, I'll give you one other line that says that's that should have you season on who it is. I said no, 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 and it cost me my life. Totally stumped. Tried to go to rehab, you know. Oh, Tried to make me go to rehab. Amy. I said no, 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 no. Oh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Because you said London, and that eliminated everybody I was thinking possibly. Right, of course. You know, it's like, all right, yeah, I was like Lady Gaga. No, of course, when he got to the dead part, because yeah. Lady Gaga's not dead. Right. But, I knew uh, you were going to be thinking yeah. Gaga at that point because I had the Tony Bennett connection. Until she died, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so. uh, the London thing, too. Yep. But Amy. Amy, how could I forget Amy? Because I just don't think of her as, at first as British, even though she was. Well, I don't think of her as dead. It's so hard. She was such a kid. It just sucks. So anyway, that was my who dat. And well, who are you, sir? Oh, oh, me. But I forgot to tell them. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm also a vocalist for the hard rock band Ascent. About damn time she got to that. Sorry about that. Usually you, you kind of lead with that, don't and you? And I'm Christina, by the way. And join me, audience, please, in a salute to Birds of a Feather's own beast of burden, the uh, <laughs> the overworked but very much appreciated Christina. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. And, hey, the birds are back in town. The hey. birds are back in town. Doing what we do, kicking it like Tybo with the mic. And it's kind of hilarious. It's a little bit of a stretch that she says, uh, we're, a, we're a music focused. Basically, we talk about music and we talk about movies and any other thing that pops into our little heads. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we just don't publicize that. We say we focus on music, but, you know, we're, just, we're, well, we're there, dynamic. There is a focus. It's a dynamic yeah, show. It is. Things change. You know? It's evolving. We have a, on the fly. I yes. mean, it evolves right before your very eyes. And as of today, uh, you might hear this in a couple weeks, but it is May 1st. That means it's May. Remember in the uh, musical Camelot, they described it as the lusty month of May. Mm. Well, I, Professor Pea Soup, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to get that part. See, we both forgot to introduce ourselves. What the hell is up with us? I, Professor Pea Soup, we're talking all this shit. We don't even tell them who we are. We don't tell them who we are. Professor Pea Soup, um, what was I again? International rock legend and radiant savant, amateur wildlife photographer, especially today. Especially today. We had wow. uh, We had a Sopranos chow today. We We had Big Zidi. We we did out with the Boyds, all the Boyds. You know, it was uh, it was beautiful. It was amazing. Anyway, um, so uh, the lusty month of May is upon us, or uh, when you're my age, maybe I'd call it the crusty. Creaky, achy, <laughs> grumpy month of May, and oh, every other month with more than twenty-seven days, basically. Oh, shit. But uh, so we are fucked. here, and I'm telling you, it isn't just the. It doesn't just happen to me because I'm old. But we, as radio person pe- persons, forget things while the show is on. Like yes. we talked about bands that all sound the same. 
I did not hear the Red Hot Chili Peppers come up. Mm. You know, and, and I thought they belong there, right? You know, mm. I mean, I agree. And um, they really do. You too. Uh, no, I mean, oh, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. what I meant was you two agree that the Red Hot Chili Peppers belong there, right? That's what I meant. I don't believe. We're going to have to stop for a second because we're going to go outside and fucking fight. That's what I meant. Yeah. Them is fighting words. Joking, joking, of course. Oh, hell no. It's for the show, babe. Mm-hmm. Heard that before. All right, and I guess we're set for another uh, whatever tonight. I got my escape mental patient notes to keep me from wandering too far afield and uh, getting lost or something. Actually, that's already happened. What I am mean, I saying? we both already Lost. <laughs> We've been lost already. It has a little bit of a tether effect, at least. So you know, sort of like, <laughs> sort of like an electronic fence for a dog, that kind of thing. So we'll try and look at the escape mental patient notes every now and then. And uh, we're coming up to Christina is going to tell us slang. about the slang. Yes. Tell us. So Finchworthy slang. I mean, this is a show feature that happens every show. And what we do is we challenge ourselves to use the selected slang as much as possible throughout the show, whether it makes sense or not. And <laughs> it doesn't make sense no. most shows, but it's fun. No. And this week's slang word is deaf. So, if you hear someone using the word deaf today, you most likely would assume they meant the shortened form of definitely. However, when this three-letter slang word was first popularized in the late 70s um, and added to the dictionary in 1979, it was used to describe something or someone as cool. So, we're going to use it both ways as, that's deaf cool, dude. Like, mm-hmm. that's most cool. Or we're going to use it as, like, that is so deaf, dude. That is the way it should be used. I love it in that context and everything. Yes. And, in fact, a little pea soup trivia here. You would not believe oh. that the first song I ever wrote uh, was actually not under that name. It was a song that I wrote and ascribed to three fictitious authors. One of them, I.B. Poe. One of Mm. them, Pea Soup, just Pea Soup, and the other one, Dr. Def. Dr. Def, I.B. Poe, and Pea Soup. Then later I adopted the name Pea Soup to myself and added Professor, as I was teaching at the time anyway. So now we know we got to use the word Def. Def, there it is. And And I'm very relieved, for one, that the uh, slang, uh, the Finchworthy slang is not bacon torpedo because I heard that in a song recently, Mm. and I I really don't ever want to use that. I don't don't think that there'll ever be an occasion where I'll be (laughs) inspired. But seriously, there's a lyric out there. With the term bacon torpedo, mm. it's hard to believe. It's Very it's Motorhead too, Motorhead of all hey. people. Yeah. You know what? If you can make it work, work yeah. it into a song, bacon and torpedo, do it. I hate to say it, the song kicks ass though. Oh well, it yeah. kicks bacon. Yeah. So and torpedoes your ass yeah. anyway. So we're going to use it as definitely, like yeah, I def agree with you, mm-hmm. and we're going to use it as cool. So that is so damn deaf. Okay, there's a lot of ways to use yes. that. So here we go. So. Bird banter. So this time for bird banter. Now, we can choose to talk about whatever we want, and usually I choose it. And in this case, I'm going to talk about the passing of a legend. Uh, Somebody who, you know, just shaped this particular kind of music. And it's Naomi Judd. Mm -hmm. And Naomi Judd, um, sadly, has been sick for very many years. She's had lots and lots of health issues, but she happily made it to the ripe age of, I believe, 76. I think it was 76. 70-something, yeah. So thank goodness for that, but we have lost her. And you might be thinking, well, Christina, I thought you and the good professor over there, also known as David to me, has said you don't like country. Well, that's not necessarily true. Not, not entirely true. And the Judds are the exception. Good for, country for Good country us. exists. That's right. And um, the Judds, interestingly, when I was doing karaoke a long time ago, um, which was kind of how I got into singing, as I've told that story a million times, 
I did a lot of Winona and I did a lot of the Judds because that's what people wanted. And Winona's in my range. Mm. So I grew to love them. And I remember my mom and I, who neither of us really like country, sitting there watching their farewell concert and crying. Because, that you know, Winona was going on going solo. So this was their last show ever together. Mm. And it was the sweetest thing. I remember there was a moment. I mean, there was to lots of tears the whole show. Because they were a duo their whole lives, right? A duo. And there was a, I remember there was a time where she looked at, she being Naomi, looked over at Winona and she goes, spread your wings, baby, and fly. Oh. And Winona lost it and I lost it. My mom lost it. Um, just an amazing band that really inspired me in a lot of ways. Winona's a powerhouse vocalist. Mm. She's just amazing. I, I still love so many of her songs. And I just think we lost an icon. We lost somebody who is like kind of the, the queen of... I don't know, like Miss Congeniality of Country, you know, right along with Dolly Parton. Like, I just feel like they were both the sweetest people and very kind and just really changed the way I felt about country. Absolutely. Good country does exist, and they yes. embody that. That they What they do is the stuff you actually want to listen to. Yes. You want to trade moments of your life listening to their tunes as opposed to most country. That's true. Good country can happen. They show how it's done. That's right. And uh, they were excellent. I mean, Winona, as you said, Winona is a powerhouse. I, if Unless I completely made this up and I'm wrong, she did a, a wicked cover of Elvis's Burning Love for the she, Lilo and Stitch soundtrack. I believe you're yeah. correct. She's She can do anything. She's yeah, just yeah, amazing. It's totally kick-ass. I have it. I just haven't listened to it in a while, and I'm old and senile. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I think it was Burning Love, and, I, and she, she did it. And, all right, so a very uh, talented family. I mean, oh, including you know, including Ashley, Ashley, yeah. Ashley great actress. And I love the uh, family thing, the yeah. whole family, you know, in a band thing, just amazing. So, uh, sorry to have lost her, but glad we had her as long as we had her, and that you, both you and I were affected by her music and the yes. music that her family brought, and obviously also just the family feeling and dynamic. You just felt like if you went to her house. She would welcome you in and give you some lemonade, and yeah. you could talk a blue streak about anything you wanted. And, you know, the sister's uh, message that they posted about that just broke me up. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. So, uh, that, was, that broke me down. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard. But, all right, that is our little bird banter. And now I'm going to turn it over to you, David, for a theme recap. And I actually, I actually just kind of totally fucked with this theme thing, because we were going to do... Volume two, and I decided against it because I I was inspired. Yeah, here I am, sandbagged once again with having to do a feature. uh, Sandbagged, (laughs) just getting the 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 thing. The ink is barely dry on the format I was getting. Oh my god! Oh my fucking god! Always bitch, 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 isn't it? I just have to. I have to give them a little uh, context. Yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) All right. Well, as Mister, as the Nuge once sang, "It's a fee for all, baby." This is. (laughs) She's grimacing over here. It's like, why? Why did you have to mention him? Why? (laughs) Fuck yeah! Why? It's a fee for all, baby. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, we're dispensing with themes, but only for the moment. We won't guarantee anything past this show. Mm -mm. But uh, at present, it is. Just a good old-fashioned free-for-all, and apparently this list is going to consist, according to the note, I, uh, this format in front of me that I'm seeing for the first time, of Bandcamp finds. That would be finds in the music world of Bandcamp. You know what would be really cool? <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> it would be really cool if they didn't know we were reading off of formats, if they just thought this was just happening, but every time we bring up the format, maybe we'll drop the format discussions. They, they know we're winging it. <laughs> <laughs> Never looked at a format. Forget about it. All right. Well, believe what you want. 
<laughs> believe what you want. Um, so I know that this is going to be tough for you. I know you're going to give me shit, but it's your turn again. Get the fuck out. It's your turn okay. again. All right. I think I might be I might be even close to ready for this. Hang on. All right. Next feature, which I'm uh, being compelled to do. I'm being uh, bushwhacked uh, to do. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> it was Mina. And for this feature, we discuss the songwriters of some of the biggest hits not written by the artist or band. The unsung heroes, at least for that one little thing, of popular music. And this time... There we Drum go. Roll. <laughs> Back to 1981. I'll, I'll, I'll get you close to the 70s, but I'll leave it be there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, a certain Australian fellow, handsome bloke, became known to American audiences as Dr. Noah Drake on the iconic soap <laughs> opera General Hospital. And uh, believe it or not, I was actually watching it back then. Oh. And so I'm no, I'm no newcomer to this whole being pathetic thing. You know? <laughs> Doesn't just come with old age. Doesn't, it's no, there. no, I was pathetic years ago. <laughs> I was pathetic when being pathetic wasn't cool. You know? oh, um, is it cool? But it's it's very cool. All now. right. Yeah. But no mere housewife heartthrob was he? Nay. This pretty boy actor could sing and play guitar in that same year that he started on General Hospital. He had a huge multi-platinum success with his album, Working Class Dog, wow. on which he single-handedly wrote every song except for the one under discussion tonight. Oh, some of you might know by this point that I'm speaking of Mr. Rick Springfield. Oh, yes. I figured everybody's pretty much figured out where I was going with that one. He always wanted Jesse's yeah. word, though. Seemed weird. Now, Rick Springfield wrote two of the album's three big singles, Love Is All Right Tonight and, of course, Jesse's Girl. Of course. Of course. You know. and, uh, but uh, not I've Done Everything For You. He deaf didn't write that. He deaf didn't write that. The credit to that one goes uh, to a cat you all know, the red rocker himself, Sammy Hagar. No way. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, great. Yeah, Sammy wrote that song. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Hagar was lead vocalist in two bands named after the guitar heroes that played in them, Montrose after ah. Ronnie and Van Halen after Eddie mm. and Alex. But uh, in his own solo band in between included a fantastic guitarist named Gary Pill. But Hagar himself slings a pretty mean axe. Mm, you ever yes, see him? He, he can does. jam that fucker. You know? That's deaf, dude. Yep. He, de- he's a deaf he's jam a deaf act- guitarist. Uh, guitarist. Yeah. And a clearly songwriter. Dictation note totally got me on this one. <laughs> who is Ken? I don't know who is Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I have no fucking... I don't care who's Ken at the moment. I want to do the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeez, what are these fucking... Oh, okay. I was going to say, what, the, what are these words? Well, what I are just they want you to, s- to know that Jesse was a good friend of mine. I feel so dirty when they start talking cute, you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, just Ooh. so dirty, Ooh. you know? But, you know, it's a good thing that... Uh, well, I mean, I, you probably want to tell her you love her, but the point is... The point is, is moot. probably moot. Probably. Yeah, I, I, I'm going moot on this yeah, one. I yeah, I think so. Uh, who is Kenrick Springfield? Okay. <laughs> As an actor and musician, you can see Rick Springfield in Jonathan Demme's Ricky and the Flash, where he plays the bandmate and love interest of Meryl Streep. It's a great, it's a great picture. To me, I'm weird. I like that movie. <laughs> now, Sammy is a favorite vocalist of many, like the Pumpkin here. Hell yeah. But also a very notable songwriter, as witnessed here. Now, as is often the case with international smash hits, the writer releases their own version but the cover artist is the one that breaks it big. Right. And uh, such was the case here. I actually saw Sammy Hagar perform this song live when he opened for Boston way back in the day. Wow. That was years before Rick Springfield broke out big with it and had a huge hit with Sammy Hagar's song. Oh, Sammy Hagar, by the way, was a local boy around here, you know, where we are. Oh, yeah. Uh, he uh, 
grew up and went to high school in a city that I lived in for many years, Fontana, California. So oh, wow. he's uh, sort of a uh, hometown hero around these parts. Sure is. In an interview with Inland Empire Magazine, that's Inland Empire, California, where I live, not hoity-toity Orange County where Christina lives. Whatever. <laughs> I got to fuck with her sake. about that. <laughs> Here's what I Hagar, drive a Honda. It's all right. <laughs> Here's what Hagar had to say for that magazine. Inland Empire Magazine's talking with Hagar about other artists that have covered his songs. And uh, he says, I think the biggest surprise is when Rick Springfield had a number one hit or a top five single or whatever with I've Done Everything For You. Because when I wrote that song for myself, I told the record company, oh, this is the hit. I know this is the hit. <laughs> I mean, he had a hit song, and it should have been a hit it song. It definitely should have been. Now, I, it's hard to, his story, though. Listen to what he says. <clears throat> and at that time, I hadn't really had a solo big hit, you know, mm. top 40 single. So I'm saying, this is a hit, and just wait. You'll see. And they released, and it bombed, you know. Shit. I got like five radio stations playing it, but that song's a friggin' hit. Yeah, it <laughs> he is. maintains. I argued with my record company and said, you guys didn't do the right thing. Uh, nobody's getting behind this record. I'm so disappointed. You know, blame the record company. You know, it's like, we oversaturated. It's a spinal tap kind of thing. You know? Then uh, Rick Springfield comes along later, a few years later, and has a gigantic hit with it. And the album sold like five million records or something, multi-million seller. But it's very redeeming, you know, as, as the writer. Of course it would be, you know. But see, here's the thing about that kind of shit, if you don't mind me breaking in. No, here. no. Here's the thing about that shit. If you have a song, and it's a great song, you may not be the vehicle to take it to that next level, but Rick Springfield had that like international likability, and he was pop. He wasn't rock. So pop is so mainstream, and he was played on the radio all the time, so he was already had an in. You know what I mean? In a whole different way that rock doesn't, sadly. So I really feel like, you know, he was just the vehicle. The song, as Sammy said, was already a great song. But the vehicle, despite Sammy's amazing talent and songwriting, was going to be done and taken to the next level through Rick. It just happens that way. Well, they uh, they kicked around some hypotheses about that. Oh, uh, really? Uh, Sammy went around smiling and saying, I told you, I told you. I asked Rick about it when I met him. Uh, I went to see him in concert uh, when he had Jesse's girl out, and he said, dude, it's because I'm better looking than you. I do not believe that for an instant, actually. <laughs> but that's their theory. But they had a good laugh about it, played I it live, mean, and Rick uh, had a great time about it. Was on all my friends' walls. I mean, not on mine, but was on all my friends' walls. He was a heartthrob. Sammy Hagar, not the same level of heartthrob. I mean, a heartthrob to many, I'm sure. Rick, see, to me, Rick Springfield is legit. He's deaf, and I think he actually rocks pretty hard most of the time. I mean, he's pop deaf. Pop deaf, but no, he, he has his, there's a real mm. guitar bite to his music. Mm, I, mm, I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, if I was singing it a lot at that time, I was, you know, pretty damn young. And if it was appealing to me, it probably wasn't super hard rock because I was kind of into bubblegummy, happy. So I think, you know, he's got a just because he has guitar. Before you went goth, you know. Doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> honey, my heart's always been black, okay? Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, I think he's, just because you have guitar and it doesn't make you rock, so he's poppy, so, you know, and he was cute, and he was, you know, again, this doctor on this weird-ass soap opera, so yeah, I mean, you know, he was bound to have a hit, poor Sammy, but you know what, he got his pay. Uh, Rick Springfield kicks ass, let's move on, okay? All right, Rick Springfield <laughs> is, you know, is pedestrian, but I, he's fine, he's fine. Uh, he's had other songs covered, too, including oh. one sung by Bette Midler what? in the motion picture of The the Rose. The Rose, you know? yeah. what, what song? I think it's Keep on Rockin' or something like that, mm, I forget I the title of it. Yeah, but, yeah. 
I've done everything. He was probably the biggest hit he's ever had, even if it had to come through another artist. That's right. And that must feel great, I oh, gotta yeah. say. Whenever people have gotten involved with any of my works or anything, the less I'm on the tracks, the better they end up. So a complete and absolute cover. I mean, sometimes you stand back and you go, that's what I was looking for. you know. Although Sammy Hergis' version is very good, too. Anyway, it's very flattering when people get involved with your works. And even the heart of a rock superstar like Sammy Hagar swells with pride when he sees his songs presented so successfully, saying to himself, it was mine. That's true. I love that feature. Well, let's talk about it actually being theirs because we are going to go to an artist. Well, yeah, I guess it's a band really called Gold. See, I was silly me. I thought it was pronounced gold. You know? Yeah, it is called gold. Oh. But the way it's it looks is G G G O L D D D. But it's gold, folks. What do you get a gander of this? <laughs> <laughs> and the song is "This Shame Should Not Be Mine." I love that title already. And they're from the Netherlands, and they are electronic, prog, metal, you name it. And uh, let's take a quick listen to gold.
are back after listening to the best titled song ever, This Shame Should Not Be Mine. Totally agree with you on that one. Brilliant. So, I really love the military-style synths that are at the opening and that continue throughout this entire track. It totally hooked me. It's not obvious, but if you listen to it, it's a little military. And then her, just this delivery of this vocal is dark and disturbing. It's almost like she's indifferent or she's unfeeling, and I love it. It feels almost like she's a robot, like programmed to sing these these lyrics programmed to say these things about emotions and things and she doesn't have any which i find completely freaky yeah and then finally i love the simplicity of the chorus sometimes you know the chorus is where everything swells and i love that it's not there because it adds to this overall just really creepy amazing feeling which i love and it adds to the track and i feel like it almost it almost dares you to get in, strap in, and shut up. And mm. I, I totally walked in, and I'm in. And I'm going to continue to listen to more by Gold. What about you? Well, I mean, the opening, I was, if they, hopefully they were going for ominous because it has. <laughs> yeah. But then you realize, uh, I don't know, the experience I had was it was more like uh, a 21st century kind of a cabaret thing. Ooh, I love that. The female vocal is really unnerving. It's excellent. It is. Excellent. It's like a techno cabaret you know, and um, it, it's like you're listening to a 21st century Sally Bowles, you know. Ooh. I mean, it's that. Uh, uh, it also has a little bit of an air of some kind of obscure stuff. Uh, Japanese composer named Yuki Kajura, who did a lot of a uh, lot of various things. But I can among them, that. Yeah, among them, a lot of anime soundtracks. I mean, she's a brilliant composer, fantastic. And when she writes songs with words, this is what they sound like, you know. Yes. And uh, it has a little bit of all of that going for it. Haunting and rapturing. Yes. And the real trick here, somehow they make you feel the title. You've, you actually feel like the shame should not be yours. Yes. They, they, you know, they make you feel that. And that is a hell of an achievement. So it is good, 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 great. It really <laughs> is. I really found it to be amazing. And I never listened to the song all the way through. Why? Because I want this to be an experience David and I share. But I listened to a little bit of it, and if it hooks me, I'm in. I am so happy that this song continued down the same path and got more and more kind of ominous and freaky as it went on, but then more powerful and amazing. Very commanding, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will tell you, I mean, the the album art that goes along with this also was something that attracted my attention. So, guys, album art makes a difference. What pictures you take make a difference. And this really grabbed me. So I'm really happy to have found gold. You can find them on Facebook at G-G-G-O-L-D-D-D official. Nice. Nice. So now what? What? what the that time you got next? something to do here, uh, don't uh, you think, sister? I don't think so. Actually, it's you, but it says it's me, but it's really you. All right, then. <laughs> Just to show you what a real soldier, what a real trooper oh, is like. shit. We'll oh, do a feature again called Keep Your Eyes on the Kids. And for this feature, we discuss the children, the kids, the kiddos, uh, the demon seed following in the footsteps. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the Rugrats following in the footsteps of their rock star parents. Does the apple fall far from the tree? Mm. And tonight, I'm going to look at my notes. Tonight, you'll be looking at your notes. Yeah. Excellent. That's all I ever do. That's what we both do. The unedited notes. <laughs> Which makes for a lot of fun. <laughs> well, a number of music legends have a child who has pursued a music career, uh, and occasionally it's more than one, as in the case of today, Alice Cooper. Uh, I've mentioned on previous shows, and uh, 
I, sorry, I know it just happened to co-align with Alice Cooper being the hell yes or hell no, which we'll get to. And also a show you just went to. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of coincidences happening and was also part of our recent winging it. Uh, I would uh, Remember I was uh, making an allusion earlier to just learning something? Christina sent me the list that told me this. I did not know mm. until yesterday the facts I will be trying to relate to you now. I about certainly love Alice being Cooper. the bearer of interesting news to you. He was on the list you sent me. It's fair yes. game. Sure All is. right. Well, I've mentioned on previous shows uh, in passing that Alice Cooper's daughter, the witty, wild, and lovely Calico, who's uh, now 41, has been performing with Dad since she was a young thing and tender at 18. But she also is in a band fronted by Dad's bass player, Chuck Garrick, who plays rhythm guitar and sings lead in Bisto Blanco. Ooh. Their sound is gritty and grungy, but... Kind of dinosaur friendly, old school, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like uh, it. Sort of Rob Zombie, only less uh, techno danceable. The band premiered in 2013 and released three albums to date, though Calico isn't on the first one. Live fast, die loud. It's a kind of a nice title. Nice, yeah. <laughs> well played. The uh, female backup uh, vocal duties were handled by another Cooper show on stage dancer performer named Tiffany Lowe. Uh, Calico joined on the second album and plays a bigger role and even has a few lead vocal songs. Mm. So it's certainly fair to say she's in a working band. Um, I guess Chuck Garrick is like hanging around the shows backstage. Hey, uh, Tiff, you want to be in a band? Great. All you got to do is just say a couple lines, you know. And then she's gone, hey, how about you, Calico? You're old enough now, you know. <laughs> Uh, and much like her dad, her on-stage antics, larger-than-life personality, and razor-sharp wit cemented the identity of the band Bisto Blanco. And their popularity kind of grew. I only heard about them, though, because during concerts when Alice is doing introductions and 40% of Bisto is part of the band or on stage and on any given night, he mentions that. Mm. Calico is determined not to traffic too much uh, on her father's name, although they did cover the Cooper classic Feed My Frankenstein. It's funny, we were actually... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we were joking about that we before. Were. Yeah. And uh, not wanting to be known as the child of or follow in the footsteps of, but make it on their own and all of that is also true of her younger brother, Dash. And I just found out about this. This is the part that I didn't know until Christina sent me the list. So, uh, Talk about keeping a low profile. I never heard of these fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I get for not being interested in people's personal lives. You know, who there they're married go. to, who their kids are. I don't give a shit, you know. They, I should have heard about the bands, but I finally learned about Dash's band. In 2016, Allison... Uh, Allison, fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> In 2016, Alice's son, Dash Cooper, now 37, premiered his own band called Co-op. Uh, and I saw this even before looking at the band's logo, which makes it really clear. If you take the hyphen out of co-op, it says coop. Oh, you know? gotcha. Not, not in our way, not in as in let's fly this coop. Right. But uh, the nickname of his famous father, went, which he uh, used in the sentimental high school anthem, Alma Mater, from the album School's Out. Uh, there's a spoken word part, and he says, remember the coop, huh? Unlike Bisto Blanco, though, co-op's sound is more contemporary, as I define it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'll be the judge of consider that. Consider the source, you know. <laughs> <laughs> More Seattle, but not badly so. Uh, <laughs> Why would you assume it would be badly so? What the fuck? Well, is I that? mean, we're not talking Alice in Chains. We're not talking Pearl Jam. Right, okay, so we're talking good. You know, a better. You know. OMG, Seattle folks. Seattle uh, folks. Just pretend hey, like he didn't you say had, that. You had some good stuff come out of there. Okay? Oh shit. We talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I kind of dig them. Nice hard rock. 
Uh, but faith affirming, and his vocals are not altogether unlike his legendary father, who, uh, unknown by many, made a pair of really heavy industrial-sounding albums, kind of like this, kind of like Marilyn Manson. Uh, and that was a bit of a, a surprise. The full-length album, Co-op, f- uh, features a cameo by Dad and an appearance by Alice's Hollywood Vampires bandmate, Joe Perry. So if you want some down-and-dirty hard rock and are too cool for the frequently employed cheese and camp approach of Alice, Cooper, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you catch the wrong record, you know, uh, maybe his kids' music will quicken your pulse and open your eyes. Nice. Very Nice. Well, you know, I like to go the extra mile when I assign, which I lovingly do, assign features. And then my co-host says, well, I don't know if I have anything for that. I'm like, just a second. Uh, the, lovingly, the lovingly part is so, so plain. It's so, so plain, yes. So I'm glad. Yeah, and that was a great one. So very interesting. So I'm not sure if their parents are into music, but they certainly are. And they're called Panic Shack. And the song is called Jiu-Jitsu, not Jiu-Jitsu, but Jiu-Jitsu. They're from the UK, and they are pop punk and a lot of fucking fun. So let's listen to Panic Shack.
Okay, that was Panic Shack with Jiu-Jitsu. So what did you think? Talk to me. Love, love, love. Well, I mean, it started right out of the gate, really old school, like punk, post-punk, you know? Hell yeah. With that, that, you know, dirty bass. Yes. And almost rockabilly style, but at first, but then it kind of, uh, it just explodes into like the best pop punk you've ever heard. Ever. Awesome female vocal, and it's funny as hell. Funny as hell. Funniest damn thing I ever heard. And it reminds me, only honestly, better. It, it, it'd be right alongside. Blondie would have been honored to have this on the first album as opposed to, like, uh, Kung Fu Girls or uh, Attack of the Giant Ants. I mean, those are great. But this is, like, that and then some. I mean, it Totally. Just, it nails it exactly what it was going for. And uh, you know what? I mean, I, I like that she's upfront about it. It's like She uh, is. Look, I warned you. You cannot say you were not warned. That's no. right. She does jujitsu, bitch. Hiya. Hiya. I love that. I love that she, she calls the offender a bitch right out of the gate. You know, and no, I don't want to drink. She's, you know, all the stuff that we've all gone through. I don't know about you as a as a man, but I've gone through that a million times. No, you can't sit there. No, somebody's coming right back. No, I don't want to drink. No, I don't want to talk to you. Seeing no. me just turns the ladies into animals. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know jujitsu quite like they do. But uh, I love at the end the tandem hayas, and I love the break in the middle though, <laughs> where there's this nice break and then it returns to what she already warned this bitch about. <laughs> I do jujitsu. Yeah, that that comeback was hilarious, and, <laughs> and I and will jujitsu. <laughs> really gets unhinged. It's so good. It's so I mean, so fun. Absolute pure. It's just pure, unadulterated fun. Fucking I mean, it's great. like an OD of fun. It's it fantastic. It really is. Panic Shack. You can find them on Facebook at Panic Shack. So hell yeah. Uh oh. Don't you want to see some real panic? Don't t- go ahead and tell me that I have to do a feature. Um, you don't. We have to do a feature. Oh, that's that's half as bad. <laughs> It's deaf half as bad. So, hmm. For this feature, which is Hummingbirds Lightning Rounds, we hum songs and see if the other person can guess the song in a head-to-head battle. Ay, ay, ay. So, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with this because I always seem to make it too fucking easy for him. So I'm uh, hoping that some of these will confuse, uh, infuse and delight him. I did say that, and you didn't even notice. Where the, where's the love? Sorry. Oh, my God. You don't know you deal with an oaf by now? Oh, my God. Anyway, you get to go first this time. All right, once again, having all the compassion, uh-huh. the tenderest person would have on a lame deer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to let, from my heart, I think she knows these, uh-huh. okay? And we can do hummingbirds now. Uh, words, I, I think finally it even got through my thick head. She doesn't know the words to old songs. <laughs> She's not a dino, okay? Yeah. All right, so um, let's do a melody and see what she knows. All right. All right, let's start with this one. Um, and I want you to know that it's one thing to say I ain't trying to hear that. I have undergone extensive treatment and uh, medical alterations, in fact, so that I'm literally unable to hear her say... That she does not know a song. Okay, mm. so uh, just so you know, so okay, it isn't well, it's it's make, as if I'm trying. It's not my fault. It's going to make for uh, an awkward show. I'm not gonna. I'm just. I just don't want to hear it. Okay. All right. Here we go. See if I can possibly convey this. Uh, you can always blame it on me. All right. La 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 La, 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 Pink la, Floyd. La. Uh-huh. That's What's the name of the song? Another brick in the wall. Another brick in the wall. Keep going. Keep going. Part. 
Oh God! You're right. No, we'll give you a, we'll give you full credit on that anyway. It's another brick in the wall, part two. I thought it was part two, but then I'm like, shit, I don't remember the part. And the the famous uh, children's choir part. We don't as I need now education. education. Ding, ding, the ding, idea ding. of the brilliant Bob Ezrin. Thank you. Thank yes, very you. nice. You thought of that. Um, Oh, by the way, uh, uh, I saw Alice Cooper the other night. He actually played that. Uh, he played Schools Out, and he threw that chorus in there. Very, very clever. Very sweet. Very Timeless nice. classic. And, of course, you knew it. See? And we'll see what kind of devious trickery you have in mind for me. Hmm. Well, I think once you said that, you know, basically I was a lame deer. Now the gloves are off. So we're in fu- <laughs> you're in fucking trouble. That, that's an expression of love. <clears throat> My ass. Okay. <laughs> What's more go. lovable than a lame deer? <laughs> Oh, my God. That you have to put down because it can no longer feed itself or care for itself? No, it's just a pathetic thing. You feed it and take (gasps) care of it, you know. Oh, I'll show you pathetic. (laughs) Fuck it, eh? All right. Are you ready? Yeah. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. (laughs) One more, please. Um, um, let's do this. Another part, anything? La 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 No. Sorry, it was a tough day, and I'm not up to this. So yeah, please, what was it? Stumped. Hang on. La 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 la. Right here, right now, Jesus Jones. Oh, see, I don't, I barely, barely, barely know that oh, one. Oh, so then you know how I feel. Not, okay. not a child. Yeah, Every basically, week. it's a wrong era. It's the yeah. same as you feel. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, great. Now I know what you feel. <laughs> so it's your turn again. Oh, okay. All right. How about this one? Uh, and now I've got myself wondering, is, is this a good choice? Uh, even though you did get the last one, and I did not. Okay, how about... La 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 Is that the key the song's in? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have that one. La 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 So I really, really thought she lives on... Love Street, sorry. Oh, shit. She I lives knew it on familiar. Love Street. I knew it seemed long. familiar. It's okay. the kind of thing that you can know and then you haven't heard in years shit. and you just can't get it on a brutal game like this. Shit. Even by the most well-intentioned opponent. Yeah, because I, I should have known that one. I okay. Known, it, I haven't heard it in years. You're right. Uh, see, yeah, yeah. Totally, I deserve to be butchered. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about the um, la, 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 la. La 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 la. Let's see what uh, unknown '90s song is that. Um, <laughs> Let's see if I can do it. Um, hmm. I'm gonna do it again, and then we'll call it a day. So unknown, so '90s. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> la la, hey, la 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 la, la 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 la. No. I'm I'm brutally. Uh, at least in my head, I'm banging it against the wall. So yes, it's Van Halen's right now. Right oh, now, yeah. hey, on tomorrow, 
right now. Another Van Hagar era I might have gotten a little bit better, but another uh, Van Hagar tune. But right. I'm never, I'm not that up on them. I, I know the tune right now, well, of course. You yeah. Know, I mean, in fact, I went to the mayor's gala in in the city where, in fact, it was the city where Sammy was born, mm-hmm. uh, Fontana, and I uh, went to the mayor's gala, the opening of a new ha- library there, and they played that as the theme song. Great song. Over a, man- a montage of all kinds of really cool stuff happened in Fontana because it was nice. And um, yeah, it was great. So, hometown boy. Damn. All right. Well, it's up to you. Stumped. Again. Totally stumped. Okay. Here Interesting. we go. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I, I I could think of another word, but uh, all right. How about this one? <laughs> now, you know, not only am I incapable of hearing, I don't know. I mm-hmm. mean, we're going to get the usual. I don't know nothing about birth and no babies, and I don't know nothing about no fill in the blank band. But everybody knows this one, so get real. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> quite a preface. I know. Well, quite a preface. <clears throat> la 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 la. Oops, that's the wrong key. Um, well that'll stop me okay uh you know what i'm gonna do um yeah la 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 can't always get what you want yes by the black crows who is it uh always get what you want i'm not allowed to say it so it obviously isn't the black crows shit Oh, God, it's on the Big Chill soundtrack. See, and this is one of those, it's like... It's not the su- band, is it? No. no. It's like one of those super played-out no, songs like um, uh, Lola, which I hate, Layla, which I hate, and Smoking the Water, I Never Get Tired Of, and always tired Light of My Fire, I Never Get Tired Of. This one, I'm way tired of. I don't remember who it is. You can't always get what you want. Another one, by the way, interestingly, and I didn't plan this, featuring a choir. Mm, yes. Can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. Fuck me. See, I don't know nothing about no Rolling Stones. I know. I don't know Fuck nothing about birth me. and no babies. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I was not trying to stump I you. Knew I knew the thought song. That was the I lowest. just couldn't remember. Oh, did that you was just the lowest, say the lowest? The lowest hanging fruit. I meant the easiest one. The softest ball. For the, the lame the, deer. The Nerf ball. I mean, it was a Nerf ball. You threw a, la- you threw a Nerf ball at a lame deer? What it's kind a- of fucking animal are you? Jesus Jones, come on. That was brutal. That, that was... That was an ambush. <laughs> there was no way that was an ambush. That was a popular fucking song. It was all over the radio, and you are all over the radio guy. It wasn't on uh, WTAR, the tar, the tar Pit radio station. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was not aware of WTAR. <laughs> yeah, it's all I listen to. <clears throat> well, what about this one? <laughs> there really should be one, now that I think about it. I if I start one, it will be it WTAR. Is. There you go. <laughs> Oh wait, wait. We're in we're in the e, we're in the west. K yes. K T A R. K T A R. All right. So if you don't get this one, I'm just gonna have to go home. I, I I'm already I'm already crushed. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um. Uh. La 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 la. Right down the line by, and this is where I'm going out on a limb. To, as far as I'm concerned, it must be Jerry Rafferty. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Woo, finally. Well played. Finally, on that a one. slightly face saving last selection. Wow, well played. No, yes. I have one more after this. No. Oh, you mean, and I have to do another? Yeah, you have four. So I had others, but I realized they sucked, and I realized how shit. how much of a victim you're going to look like uh, if I use these. Well, you already called me a lame deer, so I you lame. look oh, okay. like a fucking barbarian right I'm going to skip. Uh, all right, I don't want to be brutal. I'm going to skip uh-huh. one of the possibles mm-hmm. and go with one that I... Not only am I phys- physically in- incapable of hearing, 
Her say she doesn't know this. All of you are. You just, well, don't, should, you just don't know it. I should deaf know this, then. All right. You should deaf know this. Okay. Because in your world, this is a deaf song. I happen to know. Oh, my. However, again, the uh, the, the key lies and the, the out lies in my delivery of it. That's so, correct, yes. But uh, so far, she's done okay. All right. La, la, la. La, la, la. La, la. La 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 Oops, that's pretty much the whole song. La 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 Pause, pause, pause. Oh, personal Jesus. There you go. I was going to cry. I was going to cry bitter. That would have made me cry too. I was going to cry bitter tears because I know I didn't. You know, la, I didn't, la, la, even though it, it's kind of la, like monotone, la, la, I couldn't even still la, do it. La, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yes, Personal Jesus by, Depeche who'd you say? Mode. I'm sorry. It was Johnny Cash, actually. It, um, that's incorrect. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Incorrect. All right. Okay. And uh, all right. So that was your last one and you no, nailed it. Here it is. Are you ready for my last one oh, yeah. for you? Are yeah. you ready? La, 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 la. La 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 la. Uh oh. La la. I know it's first. I, I swear. La, 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 I almost la, said la, la. the white la, stuff. La. It's not. It's not the white <laughs> it's stuff. Not. It's the right stuff. But Weird Al Yankovic did a parody called yes, the white stuff why? about the about the Oreos. And uh, the problem is, it's one of those groups that I it get is mixed one up of those a lot. Groups. All right. The right stuff was by. Um, Backstreet Boys. That's correct. Oh, no, so it wasn't in sync. Good. Okay. Nice. Very All right. Well it was Backstreet Boys. Okay. So I did have a theme. All mine had right in it. Right here, right now. Right now by Van Halen. Right down the line and the right stuff. And I got them all wrong. You got two right and two wrong. And you got what three? I, I don't think, know. Huh? I'm a lame deer. How do I know? I don't know. I, it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a complete route. So I. I, yeah. I felt good about that. No. Oh, okay. Good. Hey, well, you got personal Jesus, and you got you can't always. Oh, you didn't know who, who did can't always get what you want. Shit. Sorry. Yeah. Because you fucked me. That's you fine. didn't get Love Street either. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you well, got Pink Floyd. That's true. And that we're, right cu- there, we're cutting you some slack on the part two bit. You're, you're not cutting me shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's part two. All right. Technically. Speaking of cutting this shit, let's cut this shit and get right to another song. And this is by a band called Cold Years. Ooh. Cold Years. Seems very sad. And this song is called Goodbye to Misery. They are from the UK. You're noticing that there's a little theme tonight, right, with the UK. We had Panic Shack from UK, and now we have Cold Years from UK. And they are rock and alternative. And let's take a listen and see what we've got. Another year has passed me by I know when we watched it fly I can't remember it all, it was so long ago We lost our heads and we lost our connections To everything we always took for granted A generation of you to roll
to close it out At three minutes to scream and shout At three minutes to bring you closer to me That was Cold Years. So I will say the harmonies. I love the harmonies. I love how they're used. I think they're perfect. I really liked them. This rock vocalist comes out in the middle of this pop vocalist moment sometimes, and it just fucking kills me. It's perfect. I love that they're both in there. The guitar is perfection. I really love it. It's kind of like just gives a little bit more more flavor throughout the whole song. Um, I can hear their accents on some of the words, and that makes me so happy because typically when, you know, they're from the UK and they're singing, you can't really hear their accents, and I can hear it, and I'm telling you right now, I know you might want it to disappear. You might hate your accent. Trust me, it's a huge selling point, but I miss it when it's not there. If I know you're from the UK, I want to hear it now and again, and I love the scream in the middle, the scream, goodbye to misery, hell yes. It was anthemic, and it was celebratory, and I'm in. I love a good pop rock tune, and here it was. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny that some people's accents just magically disappear when they sing anyway. So maybe it's just part-time manifesting stuff. But we love yep. it when it does. I and do that love was a it. great example. Yes. And what I, I thought it was cool that it started with this glum tone. And you know, yes. the, the band is called Cold Years, and you hear a glum-sounding tune. You go, okay, yeah, I kind of know what I'm in for here. Probably good <laughs> and all, but... But it, then it builds with abs- with no shortage whatever of uh, energy or optimism. That's right. And that's the thing is it actually does turn that way. It does. And it becomes downright, it's like an anthem thing. It it's, was it, great. It's like an anthem. Uh, it's fantastic alt-punk and um, the, the sweet harmonies you mentioned, I didn't notice them until right before the end. What seems like it's going to be this slam-bang finish. Yeah. And then it doesn't. It, it comes doesn't. back strong and then eventually you do get the slam-bang finish. That's right. And um, this is... Uh, this is there are a lot of people, millions of people, who would absolutely eat this song up. And I, I hope somebody finds it and gets it to a big distribution because this is a song that a lot of people, well, it's, it's a potential fantastic, big hit, huge hit. Absolutely. If you like Fall Out Boy, if you like anything like that, you're going to love this band. And they take it to a different level. They bring a different flavor. But, you know, it's there's for all of us that are in bands, there's like, a, oh, if you like this band, you'll probably also like Ascent. If you like this, you know, and that's the way it is. So I think... There's a lot of people, like you said, out there who would just who are clamoring for something like this. And I do hope people find Cold Years. And you can find them on Facebook at Cold Years Band. Well, guess what? It is time for me to do a feature. Just in the nick of time. you know. <laughs> just before you're about to quit. About <laughs> to walk out. Although I did mine. I'm kind of coasting from here. I did yeah, my feature. Oh, so. hell no. Yeah. There will be no coasting for you. So. It's what they expect. This time. <laughs> 
<laughs> it might be, but I do. I will never expect it or settle from it, being a lame deer or not. You wouldn't know the stuff I do. That's, that's why I call myself a radiant savant because this shit I say sounds planned, even though it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So the pecking order for this feature, we pit similar bands or artists against one another and determine the pecking order: who goes first, who is second. And this time I picked two, and this is going to be a tough one. So are you ready to just, there's going to be a lot of just pain, hand-wringing. It's going to be anguish. Uh, beating of breasts. I'm going to beat yes, my breasts absolutely, on this one. Yes, absolutely, yes. All right. I'll, I'll, and, have to, I'll have to settle on one and slay the other. And so. not in a gorilla sort of way. No, no, no. An like absolute uh, despair. Yes. A way of despair. So these two are the Go-Go's versus the Bangles. I, you know, that, that makes so much sense. Um, okay. And, yeah, so... And you, you're going first on this one? <laughs> well, I just thought we'd talk about, like, some of the elements. Okay, so both girl bands, which, to me, they're perfectly pitted against each other. You know, some of them have pluses or minuses, right? A plus, I think, for Bengals is they have Susanna Hoffs, and she's gorgeous. Plus, on the go go side, they, they obviously have, I mean... They're all really cute in their own way, but I mean, all you know, they just have beautiful women, and of course, we have Belinda Carlisle, who's always gorgeous and stunning, stunning so have, voice, and well, she's yeah. stunning too, but yeah. stunning voice, brilliant, beautiful voice, Belinda Carlisle. So, and you know, so you've got two female leads, one probably more pop, which is Bangles more pop, and then you've got the the Gogos who are more pop punk, I think. Yeah. So you've got that. You've got you know the Bangles who I think are more more mainstream and you got the go-go's who are mainstream but with an edge if that if that makes any sense yeah, yeah. um and i feel like the bangles were more traditional video makers and the go-go's were more like let's do some weird shit kind of you know not that the i mean and i'm not talking like walk like an egyptian that was weird shit because it's a weird stupid mm-hmm. song but i'm talking like weird shit, like playing in the fountains and doing that kind of stuff you know in the vacation with the little you know where they're they're doing the water skiing and stuff like that's adorable like that stuff i feel like they were kind of doing some interesting stuff so, you know, and as far as writing song quality, you know, I believe that the Go-Go's wrote most of their songs. I think the Bengals had many of their songs written for them. Definitely, definitely a certain hit called uh, Manic Monday. Yeah, for sure. So, and I don't know exactly. But, but they, I, they, they wrote, I, I believe they wrote and they were good at it. Hmm. Oh, but we'll talk about whether they were good at yeah. it or not. So, you know, we have two female bands then that, you know, wrote most of their music or all their music. So I feel like, you know, and they both were obviously wildly, crazily popular and are part of, you know, the whole lexicon of music forever, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about all that, and I was thinking, what is putting one ahead of the other? It's not popularity, you know, it's not... It's not. We don't, we don't think about such things. <laughs> well, I do, but in this case, I wasn't. <laughs> I mean, but this is a personal opinion. Yeah, this is a personal opinion. So I was thinking about that, and I thought, okay, that's interesting to see, you know, who got more popular, in my point of view. Um, what songs I heard more on the radio, what songs are still being played on the radio today. If I go to an 80s station or whatever, who am I hearing more? And who do I want to hear? And who will I change? the channel if they come on and who won't I yeah. or if I will change it for both how far do I get <laughs> in a song before how, I change how quick it? on the trigger that's you know? right yeah. so I was looking at all of those things and I was thinking I like both of these bands now one I like a lot less for some weird reasons or good reasons and the other one I like a lot more for what I feel are valid reasons so the bangles so the bangles I think it feels almost like, and I know it wasn't, but it feels almost like 
they were put together because there are a bunch of girls who can who can kind of play their instruments and Susanna Hoffs can kind of sing she's really really gorgeous so let's put them together she's going to make bedroom eyes at the camera it's going to work out you know and with the Go-Go's I feel like they're a bunch of of women who actually probably you know who I know actually played in bars and clubs and paid their dues and went through the pain and you know all that kind of stuff and had the infighting because of you know they're trying to write and they're trying to be authentic and I just feel like I will turn off the bangles 75% of the time. Wow, really? And whereas the Go-Go's, I usually get at least three quarters of the song away before I'm like, okay, this is really repetitive. I don't need to hear them sing Vacation again. So for me, it's Go-Go's and then bangles for sure. I mean, and I did, I'll, clearly I've been thinking about it and mm. I weighed a lot of options. Well, but a, a luxury I do not have, by the way. That's correct. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking about, but that's why I provided you with the little com- comparison and contrast mm. there at the beginning. So don't say I didn't fucking throw you a little bone. <laughs> I most deaf did. Mm. All right. So that's my pecking order. Well, first, I wouldn't turn either one of them off. I, th- I pretty much let them play. And strangely enough, this is, this is two groups that I've always really liked, mm-hmm. but I never had any of their albums, mm-hmm. either one. You know. But um, I... <sighs> Uh, you're definitely right about the Go Go's. I think I don't know their backstories, but I think they were a, you know, a bar band, and they, you know, they yeah, did they all that shit. They were like yep. a real gritty, they were a real punky kind of group. They were like a Blondie type, you know, playing the CBGBs and shit. Not not literally that place, but that kind of thing. And so I think the Go Go's paved the way for somebody like the Bengals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, I think they got a few like years Blondie on the Bengals. Did that yeah, too, yeah. yeah. And the Bengals, well, um, I don't know about the rest of them. Uh, the bassist, Michael Steele, Mickey Steele, mm-hmm. was a runaway. She was mm-hmm. with Joan Jett and uh, Sandy West as the original runaway. So she was doing stuff. I don't know about the rest, though. But um, there's a definite product feel about them. Like, let's put, it's like Sex Pistols. Let's put these people together, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the band. You it'll know, sell. Like, it'll sell. Uh, good or not, uh, it's it will sell. And they, this one was good. I actually like the Bengals. So pick between the two. This is a very, very tough one. I, I really couldn't. I would probably go with... Um, I don't know enough of the Go-Go stuff. I think I listened to a whole album of theirs once and then uh, just various singles here and there. Uh, but um, I'd probably go with the Bangles because they have uh, they don't just have one singer. Uh, it isn't just Susanna Hoffs. Um, so I don't know. I, I like the range they have. Uh, we were talking about on the show, which we forgot to mention, Red Hot Chili Peppers, about bands that sound the same. And I think Go-Go's was on the list, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that is a little bit true, and I think that's a, and as good as it is. So do the Bengals. And I no, it's a lot less than the Bengals. In my mind, a lot less. Totally wrong. So I would well, go Bengals. But you haven't even listened to the Go Go's. I've listened to both. Of I, those I've bands. listened. I've listened to them both. One album, you said. Of each, at least, yeah. And uh, so yeah, okay. Bengals first, I think, and that's why. But it isn't by like a wide margin or anything, no. Okay. Well, I think you'll regret that decision later. Oh, you'll make you'll make sure I do. No, I won't. But I think other people will because uh, you know, again, especially since I pointed out the fact that these were put together and these other ladies probably were, you know, really real musicians. And I apologize. I'm not saying that the bassist isn't, but like real, like came up from the ground, like worked their way up. Musician, you can hear it in their music that you can't hear in this bubblegum pop shit. That to me makes all the like I like to hear the the fight and the and all that stuff and I don't hear that I just hear the yeah we were put together aren't we cute here we are walk like an Egyptian so I don't know but that's what I I hear that in their in their stuff so I don't know but I had a feeling you were going to pick the Bengals yeah I'm n- I'm kind of pained by it but I hear it little bit yeah just by a little though. 
but uh, something about yeah, it's just more my more my bag, and I like pop punk stuff like the Go Go's too. Yeah, I, yeah that's and Belinda, the, what a voice, what well, a voice. That's the part that confused me because it's pop punk. It's right up your your alley. So I knew it was going to be close for you, and it was going to be a tough decision where you said you wouldn't pick either one; you just keep them both. And you were right. But no, I can't. I mean, that's a lame both, both, both. You can't do that. You do got to pick one. Yep, you got to pick one. And, and I, I'm going with the old the old Bangles on this one. Yeah, see, and the Go Go's for me are like the it's like eighty twenty. 20% of me is like, yeah, Bengals are okay. 80% of me is like, fuck yeah, Go-Go's. So what do you guys think? Let us know if you have a preference over Go-Go's or Bengals. What is your pecking order? We don't always agree, and that's the beauty of this show. I think the Bengals so are... So we're told. <laughs> I think the Bengals are kind of uh, like the Backstreet Boys of girl pop, and that's unfortunate. Um, but I think that the Go-Go's are the real deal. And, you know, it's hard because girl bands... They're not as common. Like, the Runaways, badass. Love them. I feel like they came from the ground up. They've clawed their way up, too, and you can hear it in their music, you know, all that stuff. I just, I guess maybe as a musician, I appreciate that. But, and they, yeah, and they were put together, too. Yeah, they were put together by an were, impresario, the same as the Sex Pistols and the Monkees, and probably the same as the but Bengals. But they were their own, they were powerhouses in their own right. Mm. The Bengals, not necessarily true in each one of them. I like them together, and I don't, it, for example, the drummer, uh, one of the Petersons, Debbie, I think. Um, is it Debbie? I think so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, one of them, the drummer, uh, there's a song that she can't do, she can't actually play. Somebody else has to play it because she can't play it. So, I mean, they're not like the absolute virtuoso musicians, but they're they're good at what they do, like the monkeys, you know. Okay. I like what they do, and I'd actually take them over slightly the Go-Go's. Mm. He'll regret that later. <laughs> not for Definitely. me, but no. No, no I, I will I because uh, that's one of the disadvantages I have is I haven't it's had time close. to think about that. She knew, but I haven't had time to think about that. There have been a lot of things that have come up, and I thought I said something, and later on I thought that was really asinine. You know, like well, but you said it was. It's barely, so it's not it like you're barely. like far and away there. For example, you know, I made this far. rash statement once that uh, the music of Katy Perry was good pop. I, I lived to repent of that. Uh, it's like <laughs> speak in haste, repent at leisure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, I heard some of do. her stuff and it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? That's kind of like uh, kind of mediocre most of it. Some of it's good. Anybody well, can do a good song. Yeah. It's kind of like though if you hear it in passing it seems okay, but then if you listen to a lot of it, you're like, "Oh god." It's like even Britney Spears has a couple of good songs. Right, but I don't want to listen to a whole album. No, I'm sorry, no. I don't. I want to listen to like three songs and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> So that's our. I won't, I won't echo what Eminem said about that experience, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's talk about a very wicked band. In fact, the name of the band is Wicked Stone, and the song is "Say Goodbye to Yesterday." What I like is the last song from Cold Years was "Goodbye to Misery," and now with Wicked Stone, we're saying goodbye to yesterday. So basically, it's, it's good to say to, goodbye to both of those things yeah, at the same time. Basically, move the fuck on, right? right? Move on. And they're also from the UK. This is our third in a row, so we are certainly international. And they are hard rock. Now, I'd say they're also a little metal. They're a little yep. everything, but they're fantastic. So let's take a quick listen to Wicked Stone.
slam the gavel down.